A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. I myself am convinced about you, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to admonish one another. But I have written to you rather boldly in some respects to remind you, because of the grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in performing the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering up of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to boast in what pertains to God. For I will not dare to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, to lead the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have finished preaching the gospel of Christ. Thus, I aspire to proclaim the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, so that I do not build on another's foundation, but as, but as it is written, <clears throat> those who have never been told of him shall see, and those who have never heard of him shall understand. Verbum Domini. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise.
Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sati Evangelii Secundum Luco. Jesus said to his disciples, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, what is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, what shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first, he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. <clears throat> he said to him, here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another he said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 measures of wheat. He said to him, here is your promissory note, write one for 80. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. Verbum Domini. There's a story of a, a nine-year-old boy that uh, always inspires me whenever I tell it or read it again. And I just want to highlight a couple of points. I've already used it before in homilies. About a nine-year-old boy who died in the year 2010 of cancer, and his name, Manuel Fodora. And here's a photograph of him. His mother wrote a book about his remarkable experiences that he had with Jesus, especially after receiving Holy Communion, something that he longed for when he wasn't old enough, yet that he wanted to receive. And he said to a bishop one time, Bishop, tell your priests to tell the people to spend at least five minutes after Holy Communion talking and listening to Jesus. Some people just go without even saying hi to him. And he himself had remarkable experiences during that time after Holy Communion. And one time, and this is a point I especially want to highlight today, one time he said, well, Jesus, what can I give you for Christmas? And the Lord said to him, bring my joy to others, be my warrior of light, in the midst of the darkness. Bring my joy to others. Be my warrior of light in the midst of the darkness. And so what was the last sentence that we heard 
in today's gospel, the Lord speaks about the children of this world are, use more ingenuity than the children of light. So a question for us today is, am I a child of the world? Or am I a child of the light? And if indeed I am a child of the light, that I am to bring that light to be a warrior of light, as Manuel was told, in the midst of the darkness, then the Lord in today's gospel is saying, use your ingenuity. Use what I have given to you. And not just our natural talents, although that's part of the equation, but also the light that he will give us. If we're children of the light, then we're asking for his light in everything we do. When we receive Holy Communion, we're listening, as Manuel said. We're talking to the Lord. When we're spending time in prayer, we're looking for light. We're children of the light. We need light from above. And he will give us a holy ingenuity to be able to bring and carry his light into the darkness. Yesterday, I received the WINGS email, and if you don't get that, I recommend it. You can go to EWTN.com and sign up for the newsletter. And every week, Michelle Johnson sends some special programs that are going to be on EWTN. There's always something there that interests me. And next week, she highlighted that there's a program, and here was the captivating title she had. It's not my job. Or is it? Find out in EWTN's new miniseries, The Hour of the Laity. The Hour of the Laity. And so next week, Monday through Friday, at 4.30 p.m. Central Time, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, set your DVR to record that series, which I did yesterday. I want to see what they have to tell about how this is the hour of the laity for the grassroots to rise up, to be warriors of light in the midst of the darkness. And so Michelle continued, hey, you, yes, you, mom, dad, corporate CEO, maid, dentist, construction worker, you who are not clergy and religious, you out in the world. Did you ever stop to think that it's your job to set such a good example for others that they become curious to learn more about who you are and what you believe? And then she illustrates some ways that maybe the Lord calls us to be more engaged, more involved, being warriors of light in the midst of the darkness. And so it's going to uh, be led, hosted by Christopher Pereira, Pereira, CEO of Tepiak Leadership, a global nonprofit dedicated to forming Catholic professionals. And he's going to be interviewing a number of people, lay people, and how they are bringing light and life, the light and life of the gospel, into their workplace, into the world. 
And she quotes him at the conclusion of the first episode where he says this, my friends, this is an invitation for you to continue to join us as we bring you these profiles of lay Catholics who are out in the world being ambassadors of life and of the faith. It is time that each one of us steps into the leadership roles that God has prepared for us in civil society, right? If we dive into our prayer life and we ask God what it is that he wants from us, I think he will show us the mission he has prepared for us because friends, if not now, when? If not us, who? So it's a challenging word, isn't it? That yes, we can say the world's being engulfed by darkness. But the Lord said to little Manuel, nine years old, be my warrior of light in the midst of the darkness. In the gospel, Jesus speaks of the children of the world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. So he's exhorting us to use that holy ingenuity with the light from above, being children of the light, seeking his will, praying as we receive Holy Communion, listening, spending time in prayer, studying his word, listening to his word, and then carrying it out as we are inspired to do so with that courage, not always in knowing the next step necessarily. And for Mother Angelica, it wasn't that success had to be guaranteed before she went forward. It was just that she would have to go forward with faith and trust that his providence would give her the next step. And it's the same for all of us. We're children of light. It's not just our own strength we're relying upon. We're seeking that light that is from above. So last night, Father Patrick and I attended the Her Choice fundraising banquet, which is just a wonderful group, a wonderful pregnancy help center that Jim and Joy Pinto, that you know well from their series on EWTN. I admire them so much for the work they do for EWTN for family life, for life, and then also the difficult and not always easy work of being involved in a pregnancy life center. And Joy gave such a moving talk where she said the very same thing. You laity, you laity. It has to be this grassroots effort. It's not gonna be political means by which we're going to achieve bringing light into this darkness. We see that in what happened in Ohio. But they had a speaker there, Jorel Godsey, who's the president of Heartbeat International. And it was very interesting as he talked about the development of the abortion facilities, but also then how pregnancy help centers began to develop. And there came a point where then the pregnancy help centers outnumbered the abortion facilities, as it does today, by large numbers. And so that this is a particular way 
in which we can change hearts, change minds. And a, a Joy was speaking about the reality that out of the 10 who may come in there, maybe they think it's abortion facility, eight of them leave keeping their children. And those who don't, who decide, no, I'm going to go forward with this abortion, that they'll tell them, well, you're going to see that what we told you is going to happen, you know, the, the wound that they're going to experience. But you can always come back here. And they will, and she said, many do. And they help them to find healing after that bad choice, that bad decision. As Joy pointed out, it's because of God's extravagant mercy. And Jim talked about that they are the most unwanted in today's world, and they should be welcomed and, and loved. So this is that holy ingenuity, being children of light in a culture that's growing in this culture of death, but being these instruments of charity. And they had beautifully one of the clients who came, she was seeking to take the life of her unborn child. It just wasn't a convenient time, she said. But how in talking with the dear women who were there, and they would ask her questions, well, do you love your three children you have now? Yes. You think that you would love this child? Just leading her to ponder these things. And then having the ultrasound to be able to see and to hear the beating heart of her unborn child. And she talked about then welcoming that child, giving birth to that child, and she says it with joy, you know, because of this, this choice. So this is, it's through charity, it's through the light of truth. And today's, for opening prayer, the collect for the feast of Pope St. Leo the Great, it says, O God, who never allow the gates of hell to prevail, and that through the intercession of Pope St. Leo, the church may stand firm in your truth and know your lasting peace. And the final point that I would like to make is regards to Pope St. Leo the Great. He was really the one that charted the course for our true understanding of who is Jesus Christ. Because there were those who held, well, he's somewhat like God or between God and us, but he's not really God. And others who said, well, he's just a prophet or something like that. But he really charted the way for us, our true understanding. And there's a famous tome, a letter that he wrote to Flavian, which you can find in the Catechism. But also, on March 25th, we have a portion of this letter. Why March 25th? Well, that's the day of the Annunciation. That's the day of the Incarnation, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And you'll find Pope Leo's a portion of his letter there to help you to clarify maybe in your own mind your understanding of who is Jesus. So here, I'll just give you a couple of quotes from that letter. He took the nature of a servant without stain of sin, enlarging our humanity 
without diminishing his divinity. This was the condescension of compassion, not the loss of omnipotence. Thus the Son of God enters this lowly world. He comes down from the throne of heaven, yet does not separate himself from the Father's glory. Existing before time began, he began to exist at a moment in time. Incapable of suffering as God, he did not refuse to be a man capable of suffering. Immortal, he chose to be subject to the laws of death. As God does not change by his condescension, so man is not swallowed up by being exalted. Each nature exercises its own activity in communion with the other. One nature is resplendent with miracles, as we see in the gospel. The other falls victim to injuries, his human nature suffering his passion. And then this concludes, one and the same person, this must be said over and over again, is truly the Son of God and truly the Son of Man. He is God in virtue of the fact that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is man in virtue of the fact that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, quoting John's prologue in his Gospel. So, dear friends, let us be warriors of light, children of light in the midst of the darkness, seeking light from above. How do you want to use me, dear Lord, to bring your light into this growing darkness? Because your light will prevail. Jesus, you are truly God and truly man. You walk with us all the days of our lives. You prepared a place for us. Use us as you will to extend your kingdom of truth and life and light in this world.